Build It Coach, Episode 21, People Problems, Stakeholders. Let's go. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Build It Coach. I help you, the property owner, manage the chaos of a renovation or remodeling project so that you don't lose money, experience a mental breakdown, or become victim to a failed project. The Build It Coach is specifically designed to empower the non-construction professional. We're here to teach you the process of overseeing a renovation or remodeling project from, an, from the owner's point of view so that you can avoid contractor problems, avoid being pissed, and becoming pocket poor, i.e. ripped off. I'm your host, Dale R. Scriven, project management and design build professional. Before we get started, if you're looking to how to know how to hire a great contractor, not just a good contractor, visit buildacoach.com forward slash hire. It's a free guide that gives gives away some of the best kept secrets that pros use to find rubies, gems, rare earth metals. Let's avoid pyrite. Pyrite's that fool's gold. We want a gem contractor, not just a good contractor. And we definitely want to avoid hiring a horrible contract. Again, that's builditcoach.com forward slash hire. Now, welcome to the episode, People Influence Stakeholders. Now, when I mean a steak, I'm not talking about a piece of beef and some guy hanging around holding a steak. All right. We're talking about people who have an influence on your project, a stakeholder. Newsflash. This might sound obvious, but it is a newsflash. You're going to need people to complete your renovation or remodeling project. This business evolves around people. You're going to need people. Newsflash. People who are not going to directly perform on your, perform work on your project can have a positive or negative impact on your project. All right? Dealing with people is probably the most critical thing a renovation owner or remodeling owner, that's you, must deal with when embarking on a project the most. It is, when it all boils down to it, a people business, getting people to execute the way you want them to execute. People will have an, have an integrated and opposing views about your project. Their opinions, opinions and actions can give birth to a web of confusion that can severely damage your project. A project never moves forward or stops by itself. Projects are not robots. All movements, actions, and decisions are made and done by people. I know this sounds elementary, but trust me, it has been my experience that this quote-unquote people reality gets lost. People begin to focus on issues such as home features, pretty pictures, having the correct tools, architecture, engineering, furniture, etc., and forget that people are the link to all of these issues. People makes these gears turn. It's like the oil between the gears. People, all right? I was working on a project several years ago, several years ago, residential project. All of a sudden, we began construction and we received a stop work order. We were told to stop. Why? 
after hours of discussion, we found out that it was the neighbors. The neighbors were pissed. The neighbors, on the day we were doing construction, it was the same day that they were planning on having an outdoor wedding reception. The neighbor immediately began complaining about dust, the noise, etc. Although we were within our legal rights to start, as we found out later, that day, because we did not involve the next door neighbor, our construction project was stopped. Although all the claims were false. All right. My mom and dad were doing a roof replacement, literally just replacing the shingles on the roof. Guess what? The neighbor didn't necessarily know that this was happening. And they were actually at that same day planning on doing something in their yard. Bottom line, I'm not quite sure what they were planning on doing, but the neighbor was literally standing on the property line, policing the area for any nails, roof material, debris. And I don't know if any of you have ever seen this, but when you replace a shingle roof, there's debris everywhere. The company normally cleans up afterwards. They use a metal broom to clean up any nails. All the debris is cleaned up. But evidently, this neighbor was on edge and was literally on pins and needles the entire time. Again, probably should have integrated the, um, the neighbor with the plans that we were planning on doing that day. Another example, my renovation project in Baltimore. This is a good example. I told them the hours that I was working. All right. Told them the hours that I was working. So the neighbors didn't get irritated when we were doing construction work. And the neighbors called me when they heard noise inside the property after the normal hours that I was working. And I was the direct neighbor, uh, neighbor next door to the property. So I was very happy to get those calls. Now, unbeknownst to me, this is a crazy thing. The neighbor moved out at a later time. I didn't realize it. A new neighbor came in and evidently there was some noise in my property afterwards when they were in there stealing my radiators and copper pipe. But see, not knowing that the neighbor moved out and not including them as a stakeholder, the new neighbor, that allowed for the theft of my investment property. And I think I talked about that story in an earlier episode, but that's how important stakeholders are. So renovation and remodeling projects, we use the word stakeholder. A stakeholder is a person who has some level of influence on your project. The influence can be low, medium, or high. In order to have a successful project, stakeholders must be managed, I put that in quote, quotes, managed properly. The main management technique is communication, verbal communication. One thing about human beings, human beings, something that's universal amongst all human beings is respect. If you tend to give some respect, go out of your way to respect someone, especially a person who is a stakeholder, it can go a long way for you. Before we try to manage or communicate the stakeholders, though, we must first identify stakeholders by creating what we call a stakeholder registry. All right. Creating a stakeholder registry isn't a one time event. As you move through your renovation or remodeling project, you will add or modify to this register. It's not stagnant. You can add, take away, etc. 
the fancy word that we use when we revisit something in the quote unquote project management world is iterative. We want to revisit it. All right. Make sure that it's up to date. This again is one of those steps that people skip. They just want to start banging nails and I'm, I, I can't reinforce. These are the things that save you when things start happening. Why? Because this stakeholder registry seems to be simple. Many people say, oh, I can remember everyone that's involved or they can put it in, in, in put it in their head. I can deal with people. I deal with people all the time. I'm a people person. Warning, doing a renovation or remodeling project in many ways is like fighting a war. You have allies, enemies, quote unquote, interested parties, detractors, nosy groups. We all know people who are nosy in our neighborhoods or dealt with nosy people in the past. In the heat of executing your project, in the heat of battle, it is important to be organized. The stakeholder registry helps you stay organized. It helps remove the clutter from your mind. Your stress levels will go up during your projects, project a lot of times. Your memory could start to fracture under the pressure. You know, your project could have a little hump, all right? With a stakeholder holder's registry, you can simply review it and create a game plan by understanding the people who impact your project, all right? So let's get started. The stakeholder registry is simple, but an important spreadsheet. At the top, we'll start at the top. At the top, you have se several headings that include ID number, name, etc. And I will link, I will provide links on the website um, that will actually give you some examples of some stakeholder regist registers. All right, registries. Um, all right, so each row is re reserved for filling out the information. So let's tackle the biggest question. What is a stakeholder? Here is the formal definition of what is a stakeholder. A stakeholder is a person, organization, or group who may affect, be affected by or perceive itself to be affected by a decision, activity, or outcome of a project. One more time. A stakeholder is a person, organization, or group who may affect, be affected by, or perceive itself to be affected by a decision, activity, or outcome of a project. It's a lot to swallow. All right? Just think about that. That could encompass a lot of people. And we'll have some examples as we go down. We'll bring that to life. The stakeholder registry is the step that I get most surprised, positive feedback when you actually sit down. When you think about all these people that we just defined, when you sit down and you think and fill out the register, you will be shocked to find out how many people are impacted or influence your project. The project can be a simple bathroom renovation. All right. Think about the, a simple bathroom renovation. Are all your family members tied into that? All right. How about any deliveries? Right. Does, 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 does the neighbor across the street know that you may be getting multiple deliveries that may cause some extra traffic in the area to where they may be a little bit more, they need to be a little bit more cautious and backing up? Those are small things, but they can make a big thing when, again, lending respect to your neighbors, to your environment. These small things can make a big difference and contribute contribute to a better quality quality of life in your neighborhood. So let's break it down. First, person, organization, or group. All right, person, organization, or group. 
So that could be your next door neighbor. All right. That's a person. Your people inside your home. Persons. Family members. All right. Family members that you're asking to help you with your project. Banks. All right. Are you financing your project? A bank can be a stakeholder in regards to when they're going to let out payments. Does your bank want to do an inspection? How does that impact your subcontractor? Again, when can you start? Your insurance company is a stakeholder. All right. That's an org- that's a that's a group or an organization. All right. Your HOA, condo association, the permit office. All right. Any adversaries that may be in your building, you could be in a condominium or in a subdivision townhouse development. You could have some adversaries. All right. All right. So that's the people, person, organization, or group. Now, the other piece affect or be affected by this is a two way street. Those who can be impacted negatively or positively. All right. Your next door neighbor can be a, a supporter and allow you to work early in the morning and late into the night and ignore construction trash and, no, and noise. All right. Have a good relationship with them. That needs to be noted. Or if they, they can just be the opposite and call the police every time they hear a hammer. They can call the inspection office and make claims about your project and slow your project down. You don't want that, all right? But you need to note that because once it's on your stakeholder registry, you can then create a game plan on how to manage that, all right? Perceive to be affected by. This is where a lot where many people fail. Identifying people who may have the perception that they will be affected. Perception, now this is one thing you need to understand, and you probably heard it in other conversations. Perception is reality, It might sound ridiculous, but if they perceive it in their mind, it is as as real as touching a tree in their mind, as long as they perceive it. Perception is reality. You could have a neighbor who lives 10 10 doors down and may have a traffic concern due to your planned construction. They're 10 doors down, but they can have influence because they may be on the board of your HOA or have other connections to where that traffic can be a complaint and slow your project down. All right. Their, their traffic concern could be true or false, but again, their perception is reality. The neighbors three door, three doors down may think your the new addition to your project is going to cast a shadow on their garden and kill their plants. And next thing you know, they're at the, at the office saying that your building is having an adverse effect on their life. I've seen these type of things over the years, many times, You just never know. Again, you want to write that down because you want to create a management plan to manage that. These things can have an impact on your project. Identifying the people in an organization, et cetera, in an organization is critical because eventually you want to create a plan on how to manage the stakeholders, like I said. You, want, you don't want to get blindsided by a negative stakeholder. You also want to take advantage of any stakeholders who are supportive. That's, that's, a, that's another great thing. You, you, want to, you don't want to lose that opportunity. I think it's, it's a good time to make a general point. One might be asking, do you really need to do this stuff? It seems to be a lot of pre-work before we actually start building something. These tools are designed to keep you from being overwhelmed. So you want to do that now before you start 
hammering nails, all right? Trust me, when the hammer starts to bang, sawdust starts to fly, or concrete starts to splatter, and your project becomes chaos, all these tools that I'm introducing you to will make a chaotic scene into a more manageable battlefield. Mike Tyson, famous heavyweight boxer, reminds, reminds us how battlefields operate. He says, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. All right. <laughs> you know, he, he's been in many boxing matches until you get punched in your mouth and your, your, your plan goes out the window. Your project will get punched, man. It's construction, but you'll be able to react properly if you have everything in front of you. All right. The stakeholder registry should be taken seriously. However, you shouldn't get stressed if you don't know all the answers as you move forward, creating your document. Again, some of these things may come up. This neighbor that you didn't didn't understand that might have been a detractor, etc. Again, as we said earlier, you just want to update your register and then you want to be able to create a plan on how you're going to be able to react to that. All right. That's why your stakeholder registry is iterative. All right. You'll make you'll have several opportunities to make changes. There's no deadline per se, but you want to think through it as much as you can up front. OK, so. Let's start from left to right, the headings. All right, start with the headings. And first, you have your ID number. Each one of these stakeholders, you just want to put an ID number. And this is a good a good practice. Each stakeholder should have a unique ID number when you communicate with your team. For instance, if you are sharing this um, stakeholder registry with someone else, you can count out, hey, look at number five, as opposed to trying to pronounce their name, what have you. And there could be several people on a stakeholder registry with similar names, right? So that's why an ID number can also be of great benefit. So you want to start with number one. That's your first column, the ID number. Column number two should be the name or organization or group of the stakeholder, right? That's self-explanatory. You write the name in the box, all right? It could be permit office, family member, HOA contact, architect, designer, the contractor, project manager, neighbors, the bank, your um, insurance um, um, company or insurance agent, et cetera. All right. That's column number two. So we got column number one, the ID column number two is the name. Column number three is the title. All right. Cause some people may have a title, so it could be blank and blank. And then their title is the architect, or it could be several persons at your architecture firm who's designing your project and you want to list their title. All right. So you can kind of get framed someone from the HOA. What is their title? Are they the head of the HOA? Are they part of, of the design committee, committee, etc.? All right. That's, that's column number three. Column number four classifies the person's power. Now we're getting into the nitty gritty. Now, you may not know for certain, but definitely the architect or your engineer is going to have some level of high power. Um, let's say your husband or vice versa, your wife is going to have high power on a stakeholder registry. The HOA contact will probably have, you know, some power. Um, now the neighbor 10 doors down, maybe low power, but they are an influence. You just want to kind of work that through to see, Hey, and I do recommend, I should have noted if you do know how to use Microsoft Excel or some other database type spreadsheet, it will be good to create this on there because then you could sort the different um, pieces of this um, spreadsheet based on how you want to view it. It could be by influence. It could be by name, organization, etc. That's just another tidbit. And I, I use Excel, Microsoft Excel when I do this. All right. 
get back to it. Column six is a real important column. Does the person have a positive or negative outlook on your project? It is so important to, in, to identify both positive and negative stake, stakeholders. Knowing this will help you create allies and dismantle detractors. All right. All right. Column six is very important. So we're almost done the last two columns. This is where you add notes. Column seven, column seven needs and wants. What does the stakeholder need and want? This is when you can start giving it some real thought. All right. Don't confuse needs versus wants. A need is a physical, physically required. However, a want is a, an emotional desire. All right. Need is a physically is physically required. However, a want is an emotional desire. I may need a car. However, I want a Corvette. All right. I may need to be entertained. I may want to see Michael Jackson. All right. For some stakeholders, this is an easy question or a difficult question to answer. The last column is concerns. What does the stakeholder have? If you don't know, then ask them. Once you know their concerns, you can create a strategy on how to make sure the stakeholder remains a supporter and you can create a strategy to possibly make the non-supporter of your project become a supporter, all right? Again, that last column, their concerns. So you have their needs and wants, now what are their concerns, all right? Trust me, this goes a long way in helping. You'll find that a lot if you can at least address people's concerns, talk to them, at least note that you tried and it's reasonable, it goes a long, a long way. Again, universally, throughout all the world, one thing that is universal with all human beings is that if they feel respected, I'm talking about a reasonable person, right? Not a person who is totally unreasonable, right? We're not talking about you know, people who are on the other side of society, on the fringes. We're talking about the the most people who are reasonable. If they are lent respect and you tried, it goes a long way. All right. Now, this is a trick and it may not be applicable to your project. But what I find is when I have stakeholders, positive and or negative, ask them what they think, ask them to contribute they begin to have a personal stake in seeing you become successful and it's worked. Hey, um, what do you think about the sidewalk being here or there? Uh, what do you think about the building color or the paint colors? And it could be something. Well, I, I'll look at that. Even if you don't incorporate the paint color, right? The fact that you asked them says, yeah, I like this project. They kind of see themselves in the project. All right. So that's just a little trick that I find can be worthy, if it can be worked in, right, within reason, all right? So when working with your stakeholder registry, you must know that it must be updated and it will change. It is absolutely iterative. You don't know all the answers up front, all right? You will add people, delete people, change their status from being power influencer to low power. People who are once who once had low interest may all of a sudden have high interest in your project or, be, you know, their power could switch. Stakeholder can turn from a, a <coughs> excuse me, a stakeholder can turn from a positive 
to a negative um, stakeholder, vice versa. Things can change. We're dealing with human beings, okay? Again, this is a tool that can save you thousands of dollars because it will help you maintain sanity towards your renovation and help keep it on track. When things get off track, time is money, and it's always coming out of the owner's pocket at the end of the day. Especially if your contractor is saying, hey, your neighbor held me up and I have to charge you for those delayed days. Your neighbor's not going to pay that. You are. All right. If the owner becomes unstable, your project is unstable, right? It all starts with you as being a good owner, a good renovation and remodeling owner. The success, the success of a renovation lies directly in the lap of you, the owner, not the contractor. You are driving this thing forward. It's your money. It's you that has the ultimate risk when it comes down to this, right? The one that has the most to lose is you because you are bankrolling the project. There you have it. This episode is a wrap. Feel good about yourself. You've increased your knowledge and separate yourself from the common owner who unfortunately is not getting this information, all right? Our key wrap-ups today, the stakeholder registry. We understand that, one, it is a device to help us keep track, all right? Helps us keep track. Number two, we learned that the stakeholder registry is iterative, all right? It is iterative. We're going to have to, you know, revisit it, okay? And then, our, I would say our last tip is understanding that if we get the people, the stakeholders involved in the project on some level, it'll make things move faster. Again, that's a wrap. Please subscribe to Build a Coach on your favorite place to uh, listen to your podcast, whether it be Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, etc. For more information, visit buildacoach.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, May your dream project become a reality. Please understand that every construction project is unique. Therefore, the lessons, teachings, and principles expressed in this podcast need to be tailored to your individual project. Any advice or information expressed in this podcast is intended to inform, educate, and teach. All advice and information is based on experience, research, and opinion.